The subjects of today's episode are a variety of devices used by guerrilla troops in order to injure, maim, and kill the foreign armies that decided to interject themselves into the lives of the locals. Both innovative and devastatingly dangerous, these contraptions were cheap, fairly easy to make, and a new type of warfare that most soldiers had never faced before. Made of objects they could find in homes or around their villages like bamboo, hardened balls of clay, wood boards, bricks, logs, leftover bullets, nails, wires, cans, and even insects and reptiles. All used in a cavalcade of carnage that we'll put in a countdown format. Today we cover Vietnamese booby traps. Kevin Young. And I'm Dan Hurrigan. And this is Torture. Okay. I know, we've, I know we've both been wanting to do this one kind of for a little while. It kind of strays away a little bit from how, what we normally do. Um, but I think every once in a while that's okay to do something a little different. Yeah, I know when yeah, we yeah. when we yeah, no, this is definitely one that's been on my thing of yeah like, I've seen. Well, when we first this before, started like, talking oh about God. doing this show, we had, we had both brought up you know let's talk about some of the stuff that they did in the Vietnam you know war, and mm. uh, I was figuring ah fuck it we might as well just get to it now and get it over with. So I, I should have done a different name at the start there, and I regret not doing what name, name did you want to start? Do? So I was going to say Private Pile, <laughs> but um, I forgot to. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. So um. Yeah, so this is Kevin Young, and uh, this is Private Pile. There you go. This is Torch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, before we get started um, on the actual subject of the show, we have to shout out Kinda Hit Your Vape for leaving a five-star review on Apple. And they say, and this is this was by far the best uh, headline for a, a review you could use, Hostel Meets Mr. Bean. Five stars. That's great. Yeah. Uh, not your average true crime podcast. Absolutely awesome. These guys put humor where it doesn't belong, and it's glorious. Educational, gore-loaded, gore hilarious, and sick. What more can you ask for? One listen, and you'll know if this is your thing or not. I'd love to see Torture Collab with Jack Luna from Dark Topic or Kenton Opp from 1159 Media. Not just real-time cases, but graphic history, robust science, and in-depth research all compiled into a well-told and riveting stories. I listen to everything on the public feed and subscribe to their Patreon. Thank you guys for the wild and unsettling ride. Well, thank you for the review. We appreciate it. We are doing literally everything we can. <laughs> can. We will uh, put the humor wherever you want it. Just I'll, throw you it you just there. tell me where I'll just I'll just put that. I'll stick that humor wherever you want yeah. it. Humor traps. Right that's what we are. <laughs> so, like I said, this episode is going to be a little different from how how we normally do. Uh, it's going to be kind of a a countdown of the most terrifying, most painful, most innovative, deadliest booby traps used during the Vietnam War on mostly American troops. Yes, 
There were other countries fighting, South Korea, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand, about three dozen others. But none of these countries took the casualties that the Americans did, uh, mostly because we had so many fucking troops going over this. Everybody was going to Vietnam. So, you know, you put many people in, you're going to have that many people die. Um, So New Zealand lost like 350. Australia lost about 500. South Korea lost like 4,000. But we lost just south of 60,000 troops so wow yeah um definitely the biggest foreign casualty of the war now most people think of guerrilla warfare ambushes and disease as the main killers during this war uh you know firefights with an enemy you can't see in the thick of the jungle and gunshot wounds becoming infected diseases transmitted through various buck uh biting insects but from the beginning of 1965 until mid-year 1970 about 11% of all the deaths and 17% of the wounds suffered by U.S. Army troops in Vietnam were caused by booby traps and mines. Um, but 1965 alone, 70% of the U.S. Marine Corps casualties were caused by mines and booby traps. So they, they definitely changed the way warfare was done. Um, Kind of like how Americans did during the uh, revolution, our revolution. Um, yeah, yeah. We we yeah. We were watching the yeah. movie, the Mel Gibson one. Patriot. What's the name? Yeah, yeah. We watched that recently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, turned it into guerrilla warfare and yeah, stuff like that. That's how. That's how. That's how we, the Irish, beat the well, old good old. When you're British a when you're a, a smaller underfunded army, you can't just go out onto a battlefield with the enemy because they're going to blow you out of the water we knew that yep. uh, the irish obviously knows they can't just go stand out on a field with the british british military and expect to you know come away with a win so you got to do what you have to do you, you, you know yeah, throw, throw potatoes at them That's right goddamn right like set them on fire and give them a toss yeah now the trick is go ahead you parboil them so that they're soft on the outside but hard on the inside there you go so they see these potatoes coming they think these are gonna be soft these are gonna be okay yeah they're all bah! steaming and everything they're thinking ooh, yeah eat those and then then they get spot in your eye right in the face like, right yeah. in the face he got it in the face <laughs> uh now it should be stated that americans didn't suffer the most obviously the south vietnamese suffered more than anyone uh 250 000 estimated troops and civilians being killed uh, mostly by firefights, uh, outright murder from both sides. You know, we're not. Yeah, it's <laughs> we, covered. Yeah, um, in a couple of the different movies. Yeah, and so it's Americans. It's sad to see, and it's true. Like when you see, like there's a very famous the "Come get some, come get some" uh-huh. scene. Yeah, that's. Just, uh, I fucking hate that bit. <laughs> it doesn't all fall on uh, the enemy. Sometimes that falls on, you know, us. Uh, bombings and mines and all that all go towards, and there's still people, about 40,000 people uh, since the Vietnam War have been killed by the mines and booby traps that have been left in Vietnam after the war. So it's it's an ongoing yeah, they, problem. But, they fill paddy fields and rivers and waterways and all sorts of things and with mines, so hadn't yeah. they? Like the, the places that, like, obviously most well-hidden kind of places that you could imagine, so like there's going to be yeah, it's kind of like walking through desert in Iraq you're gonna end up you're gonna hit an IUD an IED you know eventually (laughs) so I had mines actually in the countdown it was actually number one and the more I searched into them the more it seemed like the mines that most people were stepping on were either left by the French 
from when um, the Vietnamese were trying to get their independence between, you know, and uh, us. Yeah. The they dropped them and they surrendered. Yeah. That's what sort of happened with the French ones. Yeah. So we, yeah. uh, we, <laughs> true. So we planted a lot of mines there and uh, stepped on a lot of mines. The North Vietnamese did put down a lot of mines, um, but again, they didn't have the the mines that they had to set down were the ones that they stole from the French or found and put in the ground. Um, but a lot was there was already left over, um, so I kind of took them out of the countdown. But keep in mind, mines did kill a ton of people and have still killed a ton of people. Because I don't know, I got the mental image of the stereotypical Carl American soldier. Yeah. With the mine, planting it, <laughs> and then stepping straight on it and blowing himself <laughs> up. <laughs> well, they had these crazy ones that uh, um, it was the M. I think it was the, the the M16s. I think they were, but you would step on them, and it had a delay, so it gave you time to kind of come off. And after that delay triggered, it would blast into the air between a foot, six feet in height, and then it would explode. Uh, bouncing so it, Betty. Yeah, bouncing. Yeah, it was it was actually um, fashion uh, designed in the same essence of a bouncing Betty. So they they took that design and tweaked tweaked it just a little bit, uh, I guess, to make it even more deadly. But yeah, oh. I was like, that's great. But then I looked, and those those were mostly American uh, mines. I was like, oh um, god damn it! And here's a little tip for y'all. In Call of Duty, if you step on one, crouch. Go prone. It'll blow up above your head. In real life, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah, in real life, you'd still die. But in a game. Yeah. Call of Duty would be okay, though. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, the South Vietnamese, um, they didn't really get hit by as near, near as many traps so much back then as for militaries because they kind of knew the area. They knew where to avoid um, so I many times brigades of troops would get either South Vietnamese citizens or troops or North Vietnamese prisoners to escort them through known booby trap hotspots. Uh, they have very specific ways of marking what trap, like the way they had bamboo laying on the ground, why the um, leaves just simply bent with a stick through them laying on the ground would you know, tell you what type of trap was coming up. So they knew what to look for. Um, Depending on who your escort was, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Um, depends on you know what side they're on and how much they want you to die. Mm, uh, I've seen some of these traps, and yeah, no. <laughs> I don't want to have a good escort. Oh my god! No. Now, no. I could go into a five-episode-long diatribe about how and why the Vietnam War happened and the cover-ups, live secrecy found in the Pentagon Papers that fooled the American public and even Congress into approving a war perpetrated by Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara and fueled by, among other things, the necessity for President Kennedy to get a much-needed win on the world stage after the absolute fiasco that was the Bay of Pigs, the sheer disdain America had for the Soviets and China, and the fear of having yet another united communist country in the East and looking weak in the midst of the Cold War. But I won't. I promise. Why not? I won't. Well, because I don't want this to be five episodes long. <laughs> That's a different type of different type of podcast. But mostly because many other podcasts and PBS documentaries have done that much better than I ever could. So we'll give you a very, very short intro into the war and then you know straight into the good stuff. So this is 
this isn't even the Cliff Notes version. This is if you bought the Cliff Notes version of the Cliff Notes version of the um, how to teach people about the Vietnam War based on the Cliff Notes version of the Vietnam War. This is what this is. So it's very, very condensed. Yeah, I it's before we kind of get into it. It's one of these things where I again have watched videos of these in the past before I ever knew we were doing these because and I've seen them in videos and then movies and documentaries all this load of stuff and it's one of those things where like we've said repeatedly in the past about some of the torture devices that we've covered where it's kind of like the simple thing that you see that is that just you know as soon as you see it exactly what it does and that in itself would be enough when you're torturing a person to make them kind of go nope 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 and then therefore they may have never been used the simplicity of some of the items in this though where you see them and you know exactly what would happen Uh And, but you know what they did happen, and you know they were used. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I, I was sitting there, to, like, and I go into it later on, but I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the most complicated one that is built uh, is like number 14 because it's so complicated. There's so many moving parts that have to happen for it to work that uh, it's almost not worth it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but simplicity. Uh, if you're looking back at medieval torture, and torture. Tor- you're looking back at medieval torture stuff and you see these overly complicated and elaborate things, more than likely they were never used. It's people they literally they need to put you on a rack or they just hit your yeah. you hit your fingers with a hammer. I mean it was one yeah, of those yeah. things. But still fun. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I I we were watching like an episode like Chuck, whatever, and they're going on about torturing people and it's like we know how to get information out of you and all this stuff. And I was thinking like they're coming up with these mad ways, like they're they're getting cracking out this truth serum shit. Yeah. And I was saying to myself, I couldn't care who this person is. You whip out a feckin' hammer. This guy's going to start saying, do something simple. Yeah. You know I mean, stop being so over-convoluted with this thing. If anything I've learned from doing this goddamn horrific podcast is that simple is always better. Simple is always so, better. So, you know, Just like a... feckin', what's his name to play Wolverine? Um, oh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. He got that right in that movie he did. Y'all know the one I'm talking about. The one oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Prisoners? I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah all he needed was a hammer and a room. Yep. <laughs> that's all he yep. needed. So that's all you a need. A ball peen anyway. hammer to your pinky toe is really all you need. No. <laughs> to squeeze the pinky toe is enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So pretty much after the World Wars, Vietnam chased Japan and France out of their country to be an independent independent nation. The North had friends like the USSR and China. And the South was going the Democratic group. Uh, the North and their friends wanted the entire country to unite under a communist regime, and the South wanted to stay free, kind of like Korea. Uh, anyways, after long battles between the two sides, America, along with others, decided they couldn't risk yet another country falling under communist rule and decided to step in. Couldn't use the big guns or the nukes because then if they did, the Soviets and China would step in hard and have another world war. So the fighting consisted mostly of localized air raids and ground forces. In the end, the quote-unquote good guys, us, but really we weren't, uh, lost. We headed home with our tails in between our legs. There is the synopsis of the Vietnam War. Uh, yeah, Dr. Manhattan was not involved. And that's, God you know, damn it, much. if he would have been. Man. That megalomaniac. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> at least at some point, at least at some point he lives on the moon and leaves us alone. Uh, <laughs> the Watchmen, if uh, nobody's ever read or seen it. The show was better than the movie, I thought. No, whatever. 
But the show is completely separate to the movie, though. I know, but it was still better. It's it's a sequel to the graphic novel, yeah. as opposed to the sequel to the movie version yeah. of it. Honestly, Jackie Earl Haley was the only thing I missed when I was watching the show. Him as Warjack was the only thing I missed. Oh, um, God, so good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Now, made almost exclusively by Vietnamese communists, otherwise known as the Viet Cong, booby traps were the ingenious way that the much poorer military used the natural resources and knowledge of the jungle to embrace the home field advantage. So, now we get to the good stuff. I give you the top 15 booby traps of the Vietnamese War, in my opinion anyway. Now, yes, now, if you're making the face like Tan just made, I know what you're thinking. 15, goddamn. We don't have a ton of info on these traps. I'll give you what I have, but as far as things... Number 15, yeah, pokey stick. <laughs> as, as far as things like who invented it, how they invented it, and why... We, just, we don't know. It's just the Viet Cong came up with this bullshit on the fly. So um, each one should go by pretty quick, depending on how much, you know, we banter. Um, there's plenty of blood and guts, and blood and, go- blood and gore, so it should be fun. Uh, before I get started, it needs to be noted, not all these booby traps were placed just willy-nilly in the jungle or on paths. Many times, they were placed around known helicopter landing areas. So when the troops jumped out of the chopper, they would run straight into a trap of some sort. So you didn't even get to fight anything or anyone. You would jump off the, the chopper and then, boom, you're dead. Or impaled to the point where you can't do anything. You just get this mental image now of a helicopter flying in. The old Huey, fortunate son, blasting out the stereo system on it. You know, and the boys all riled up. You know, Mel Gibson pushing them on. Right. They all jump out and... Right, right with right into a hole. Just, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right into a hole. Let's get just to Charlie. With lots of bad just, stuff. Yeah. Just, oh my god, my leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. So, Dan, do you have a fear of large insects, specifically the large stinging ones? Yeah, I would say an irrational fear. There's nothing irrational about that fear. Um, yeah, get big, large, gigantic, stingy insect yeah. things are not nice yeah yeah like hornets and shit exactly. like that and yeah. centipedes, oh, me, centipedes. <laughs> what what like who came up with those like that's that's how you know god isn't real people is because <laughs> no god would invent that horrible the big ones like i don't care about the small ones the most huge ones you see like in the fucking rainforest yeah. and stuff like why? Like why? Why do you what? exist? What is your why? Purpose? That's, I say anyway. about mosquitoes. Why do you exist? There you have, you serve no purpose uh, at all. Why they you, brought why back the here? dinosaurs. That's why they were yes. here. If you did you not watch Jurassic Park, Heaven, I'm come sorry. on, they I brought forgot. back the dinosaurs gotta, to take some mosquitoes. You got to draw that DNA out of the amber. Every cloud. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so that's your question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, so the reason yeah. I ask is because of what we are starting off with. Number 15. And I feel like when I say number 15, there should be like some graphic from some like early 2000 show where the 15 comes up is number 15. I don't have anything like that. So here we go. Uh, number 15, hornet traps. So it's pretty much yeah. just nope. yeah. <laughs> hives of hornets or bees uh, were placed along patrol routes and covered with a piece of paper that was connected to a tripwire. Now, once the tripwire was triggered, it would release the insects on the unlucky enemy soldiers. Now, if it was bees, those might not be too bad. You can actually survive quite a few uh, bee stings. But if they use the oh. aggressive <laughs> Asian hornet, 
I think. So sorry, unless you're the guy from My Girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unless you're Macaulay Culkin. He needs his glasses. He can't see without Actually, his glasses. Actually, my brother would probably die too. He's alert, so he's got to carry right. an epipen around with him all the time in case he gets stung by too many. Um, Oh, okay. But if you got anyway, apologies, it, yeah. If it was the aggressive Asian hornets, things could go really wrong. Things could go really wrong. So a painful sting that can lead to other hornets to sting. That's what well, they have pheromones in their sting. They they sting you. It leads other hornets to come sting you. That's usually how you end up dying is the sheer amount of toxin that's put into you. Um, it delivers a toxin and an allergenic comp- component that can lead to redness, swelling, and anaphylaxis due to a hymenoptera venom. Now, the reason I have it as 15 is because, as terrifying as it can be, you never know what an insect is going to do. They may attack. They may not. Um, So, the Viet Cong would usually use the hornet traps in conjunction with other traps set around the area. So, when the tripwire was hit, the hornets would buzz and buzz and swarm, and the soldiers would panic and run off, usually straight into another trap. With leopards. <laughs> T-Rexes. <laughs> well, triggered my Velociraptor trap. It's just a sloth. Just a sloth laying at the yeah. bottom of a hole. You have any food? Starts scratching on you with its one cl- with its three claws. Oh, fuck. All right. Number 14. Dan will say you and your troops are walking along a trail, and you come to a bridge that goes over rushing water. You know to be careful, mm-hmm. so you send out... One man, slowly, to test out the bridge. Everything seems fine, so he waves you forward. The troops begin Go to cross. Yeah, the troops begin to cross. Uh, but once a handful of soldiers get to the center, you hear a cracking, and then a snap. And seemingly out of nowhere, the bridge gives way. You and your brigade fall into the water. For many of you, the quickly approaching river is the last thing you'll ever see. You've just been victim of... The bridge trap. And they they get so, you know, uh, creative with the names of these, by the way. <laughs> Just to tell you. The bridge trap. You're on the a bridge floor trap. It's a trap. The wall trap. So the Viet Cong would find a bridge that would end up being used by foreign soldiers at some point. They would place sharpened bamboo sticks or metal spikes in the muck in the water underneath the bridge just below the surface yeah see that's where it gets bad uh and then they would cut through the bridge enough to make it flimsy but not break automatically you had to get some weight on there now it's 14 mostly because the massive amount of prep work that had to go into it you had to find a bridge they were going to use you had to cut through it a little bit you had to get all the spikes under there you had to make sure that they were deep enough to where they're under the water but not so deep that um once somebody fell they they would not hit the spikes at all they even went uh, at some points they would go as far as damming up a little bit on the sides of the river to make the river more narrow there to make the water level higher so it would cover up the spikes. Um, but again, if it's it's a high rainy season, people might fall in, might not even hit the hit the spikes. Uh, if it's a more of a drought time, then the spikes would be poking up out of the water and troops would know not to go over it. So, Well, I'm writing these down. <laughs> for, for D&D? Yep. <laughs> uh, this is one thing I found with this show is that I'm always giving Dan Bridge Falls hero dies. D&D, uh, D&D ideas. Yep. 
<laughs> Bridge snap equals spikes below. That's what I wrote. That's pretty... Okay. Self-explanatory. That's what I should have called it instead of the bridge trap. Should have been bridgey, snappy, spiky, stabby. <laughs> or something like that. Like, you know. That might have been far what, more yeah. inventive. Well, you got to remember it's the Americans calling them this. I'm sure, the, they uh, had much, uh, I'm sure the Vietnamese had a much more elegant name for them. <laughs> we just look at it and go, ooh, bridge trip. Ooh. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it'd be uh, like the, the bridge freedom trap or something like that. Freeing the bridge of its restraints. Freedom yeah, prize. Oil on your side. <laughs> So, number 13. Again, you're walking along a trail covered in dirt, leaves, vines, watching for trip wires and large holes. But it's not always the large body size holes you need to watch out for. Because while you're looking one way, and you put your foot down, or your entire leg, down into a hole covered with leaves. Now, searing pain runs through your foot, ankle, and lower calf, and you're having a very difficult time pulling your foot out of the hole. You've just been victim of the bear trap. Now I was going to say the shoe trap. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> so the, same I thing. know yeah. this one actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yet, well, the Viet Cong did use actual bear traps at some points if they had them, but those mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about. These traps were a form of a pit trap. So the Viet Cong would dig a, dig a hole. There's a couple ways they could do this. They could either dig a very small hole just big enough for a foot and put a board over it and cover it up. Very inelegant. That was a really fast way to do it. If they had a little bit more time, um, they would uh, dig a hole maybe a foot or so deep, 18 or so inches long, 12 inches so uh, wide, so a foot and you know part of a leg could get down in there. Uh, after the after the foot or so of depth, they would dig a smaller second hole, just big enough for a foot to be wedged tightly into. On the bottom of the larger hole, there would be placed a wooden board, a thin wooden board with spikes or nails or whatever driven through it on each side. Usually four or five, um, good and rusty, covered in fecal matter, urine, poison from plants or animals. The spikes covered in shit and piss and poison will become a common occurrence through this, just in case you're wondering. So yeah. I'm not going to keep repeating covered in shit and piss. Just assume that every, yeah, assume. every everything yeah. that has nails or spikes has shit or piss or poison uh, on them. Or or both. Or all. all yeah, both. yeah, they're all yeah, doing a lovely yeah, little it, cocktail. It's all at the same time. Now, the hole yeah. would then be covered up. So when a soldier steps on the covering, his foot would go through, break through the board, and go into the smaller hole. And the force of the foot would also force the board halves up and the nails would then embed into the ankle and calf of the soldier and forced in even further as the foot gets wedged into the smaller hole. Now, this usually isn't going to be uh, something that would kill you unless you get a really bad infection and you can't get the you know, get it to stop. But what this did would give the Viet Cong time to attack because the whole regiment stops to help their, you know, their friend out. And the Viet Cong's just sitting there waiting. They come out and, you know, they get you. So pew, pew, pew. Yep. It's a small yeah. booby trap that leads to a much bigger problem. I've seen a video of one of those where it was the same idea of it, but it was the, same, the exact same concept, but slightly more convoluted in the way they obviously had time to construct this thing. It was exactly, you know, um, right. And it was like they saw the evidence that was made out of like, a stool that or something or like it was a camp table that they obviously had when they just that you went right we're moving out of this area they're building this thing and 
I fucking was horrible looking. <laughs> you know, it was like one you could see they took their time with it. It was one of the ones that again, like that was recovered, and um, if we can find a video, I'll send it on to you. But um, it was pretty rough. Like again, you could see straight away, and like, they did kind of push a stick down to it to show the mechanism of it uh-huh. coming up. It was like, yeah, it was rough. These things Very are rough looking. And if even if you go see the pictures, and I'll post stuff on Instagram for each of these. Um, but even if you go see the pictures of just the real quick thrown together ones and they they demonstrate them for you they still look absolutely terrifying it's like this is gonna yeah. hurt you know obviously nails in your foot it's gonna suck unless there's an infection it probably won't kill you but holy shit are you gonna be in some fucking pain for a while especially They're if you maiming get and in there disabling yeah yeah all right, number 12. Dan, you're walking again down a trail covered in foliage. Have you not learned your lesson yet? Uh, you no, take not a, yet. No. You take a step and you feel something under your, under your foot as you put pressure down. But by the time you realize it's too late, board flies up and Dog hits poop. you in the leg or the groin or the stomach. You've just been victim of the spike board. Again, creative with these names. <sighs> It's exactly what it kind of like the rake or something like it's like fucking Bob and that's exactly and it's like Joe Bob and exactly, Simpsons. Yeah. That's exactly what I have on here. Simple name for a simple device. Um, yeah. Think sideshow Bob and his hated rake, yeah. constantly yeah. stepping on the fingers and getting hit in the face. All right, um, so the sideshow Bob trap. Okay, that might as well be. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. The sideshow Bob trap. Um, for any of you that have never stepped on a rake, I would encourage you to. Try it once. Try to do it slowly once and slowly bring the rake <laughs> up. I guarantee the first five times you pop yourself, at least in the shoulder, if you put your head to the side. I've done it more times than I can count. It fucking sucks. Um, so change the fingers of the rake to a board and the rake itself to a board with spikes driven through it. And that's pretty much what the trap is. A uh, soldier steps on the what is called the treadle or the board that is placed perpendicular to the rest of the board at the bottom or the fingers of the rake, um, the opposite of the spike side. And it would fly up straight into leg, or torso, or if the you know board was light enough and long enough, right into your face. Super simple. Wow. S- super easy to do. Yeah, Just yeah. That's... One board, two boards, spikes. Put seesaw it type thing. Pretty much. Nearly. There was yeah, yeah. There was another kind that was more like a seesaw. Had um, a pit dug underneath it with a board with a like an axle almost going through the middle of it. So you'd step kind of down in the hole a little bit and it'd fling it up into mm. you. Um, but I think just the elegance and the simplicity of just a board with a, a piece of another, wood, with just a, a piece of wood with spikes in it hitting you. Uh, that's why I decided to put that version that's pretty messed up yeah (laughs) number 11 now just like with the bear trap as you're walking your leg goes into a hole only this time there's no real pain maybe some scratches but that's about it so you're thinking okay got off easy they must have broken this one or it's not working right so you quickly go to stand up and pull your leg out of the uh out of the hole that's when all the pain hits you Several points of pain in your ankle, lower calf, because you just walked into a Venus flytrap. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Is it a Venus flytrap? Yes. I've heard that before. Uh, yeah. So this style of trap is called a box trap. Essentially, it's a small box with spikes attached to it, but the spikes aren't in the bottom of the box. They're attached to the sides near the top, and they aren't in a fixed position. They can move a little bit and uh, kind of hang downward at a diagonal angle. So 
The box is put in a hole in the ground and covered. When a soldier puts his foot in, the foot isn't immediately hurt. But when he goes to pull it out, the spikes catch and are forced into the skin. Um, can nice. be incredibly damaging. Soldier doesn't know uh, how to get his foot out. Tries to quickly pull it out. Does more damage. And sometimes the spikes were barbed, so they de- do even more damage when you tried to pull them out. It's the equivalent to putting your head through, through a fence. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you're trying to pull it back. Get it back of the ears. You're just having it. Yeah, it's catching. So your ears are the spikes in this case. Pretty much. Bam. I, yeah. What I saw, I thought of um, the trap in Saw. I think it was Saw. It was either Saw 2 or Saw 3, where the woman puts her hand up inside the box to grab the Doesn't antidote. Two. Yeah, and it goes yeah, to pull it out, two. and all the uh, glass comes the out. The blades. Starts, yeah, the blades come and start cutting off. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, it's the same principle as that. Now, obviously, yeah. they didn't use spikes and saw. They use you know, blades, but still, it's the same principle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always hated that one. <laughs> Dan, I have a confession to make. I have... Crabs. Beard dandruff is close. <gasps> so much worse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look away, I'm hideous. All seriousness... I- I'll, I'll serious. <laughs> All serious. All serious. Me serious now. No funny. No funny. <laughs> Frankenstein. No fire. Bad. Ah. In all seriousness, many of us men with facial hair have some sort of dry skin under their you know, face fur. I I have particularly dry skin, uh, especially on my face, around my nose, my eyes, ears. That beard and mustache. They draw a ton of moisture from your skin in order to stay healthy, leaving the skin underneath sometimes dry, itchy, red, flaky, leading to uh, the beard dandruff. And I struggled with it for quite a while. Struggled to, you know, rein it in. Then I found thebeardstruggle.com. They use all natural products, never tested on animals, that your face, body, and beard will love. They have day oils to protect your beard from UV rays and dirt and grime and it keeps your skin from drying out all the troubles the day can bring and they have night oils to help moisturize and rejuvenate your skin and beard while you sleep not to mention as of right now they have eight different fragrances according kevin according to this that's what they tell me that's what they tell me do you want to know what they are i do i want you to ready i want you to pronounce them perfectly (laughs) okay Ready? Okay. Yeah. From Alfheim's Forest, which has the scent of woodsy leather and spices, to Heonir's Home, <laughs> scents of greenery, amber, and musk, to Valhalla's Gates, with essences of citrus, amber, sandalwood, and vanilla. Mm-hmm. And right now, Yes, right now I'm using the Aesir's Triumph, which I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, which has the scent of sweet incense, tobacco, whiskey, and cinnamon, and my wife absolutely loves it. Of course, I haven't gotten one from them they haven't loved, that she hasn't loved, so. And if you can't choose, just get the sample pack, which comes with six of their mainstay scents and five milliliter bottles of nighttime elixir, so you can decide what is best for you. But they have so much more than just oils, balms, wax, shampoo, conditioner, butters, cologne, 
natural deodorant, skincare products, heated beard straighteners, combs, brushes, shaving kits, growth kits, merch, list goes on and on and on. No matter what kind, length, or style of facial hair you have, the Beard Struggle has the products you need. You get a free gift for purchases over $50, and you get another free gift for purchases over $100, and all orders over $65 US get free shipping. You have a 90-day money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose. And be sure to use our exclusive coupon code TORTURE19 at checkout to get 19% off your entire order. That's T-O-R-T-U-R-E-19 at checkout for 19% off your entire order. TORTURE19 at checkout or click on the link in the show notes. TheBeardStruggle.com. Do what's right for your beard. Do what's right for your face. All right, top ten. Dan, you're yeah. Dan, you're stalking your enemy. You see movement in the jungle and decide to take a quick look just off to the side of the trail. You squat down, move quickly into the thicker brush, then you fall. Your foot hits something, and then pain blasts through your sides. You look down and see metal bars with long spikes attached have pierced your body. You just fell Ouch. into the side closing trap. <laughs> okay. Perfect on the names. I'm sure they could have thought of something better, uh, but the Indiana Jones trap, I don't know, the, or the, the Star Wars trap or the sides. There's, of course, Star Wars wasn't around yet, so I guess yeah. they couldn't have named it that. Uh, so this trap could be small enough for a leg or a foot or large enough for an entire body. So, as usual, a hole would be dug. Um, if it's for the entire body, the hole would obviously be large and deep. Slats would be placed on two sides of the hole with the obvious spikes set in them pointing, you know, towards one another. Uh, both slats were fastened to guide rods made out of iron and were tightened with heavy rubber bands. And I'm thinking like bungee cord style rubber bands. Um, a soldier fell through, displaced the rod that were holding the slats apart, spring together, and pierced through the body. Ouch. Yeah. So That's pretty... Uh... Yeah. That's kind of an elaborate I was, trying, one to, I was trying to get the mental image. Okay, I'm going to Google this one now because I have this kind of mental image in my head now and I'm wondering if it's right. So yeah. it's called the sideways. The side closing trap. Side closing trap. For sale? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn you, internet. Um, filthy back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's um actually... Oh, hold on. Is that the right one? Yeah, there's the oak, the, the folding chair trap. If you Google that, that looks like it's very similar to the one I'm thinking of. Okay. I was thinking of the elaborate one that I saw with the foot going in. Um, That might be right. If you were to Google that and you see it, there's, uh, I don't know if the folding chair is on this list. No, but, it is not, but. Oh, and then that's. Yeah, but it I, is, it is quite a bit uh, the same. I went through yeah. a lot of different lists and went kind of off the ones I've, I found. This is one that I had not seen, but yeah, ouch. Yeah. Ouch. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll give, give that one an honorable mention. Yeah, sweet. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty messed up. Anyway. Oh, there we right. go. All right. Number nine. So you're walking along a trail. You're tired, hungry, so your guard has dropped a little. Some of your troops are getting a little careless. You all of a sudden hear a scream and look to the front of the lines. 
One of your fellow soldiers has an arrow sticking out of their groin and a tripwire at their feet. They have just been caught in a bow trap. Now this was probably the most sophisticated, non-explosive booby trap. Uh, it consisted of long wooden board with a three foot long bamboo tube attached to it. And inside their tube, there was an arrow powered by, again, a strong rubber band, which was attached to a catch at the bottom of the board. The catch was connected to a tripwire laid across the path. Arrow traps were usually placed at an angle at certain distances. So when a victim triggered the tripwire, it would release the catch holding the rubber band and send an arrow straight into the enemy's direction. Sometimes they were placed in the ground at such an angle that the leg or the groin would be targeted. Sometimes they just placed actual crossbows in the woods and pointed them towards the, the path by the tripwire. And they just get 19, mid-1960s. You do not think if you're going into war, what's going to kill you is going to be a bow and arrow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're very much like the classic trap from the likes of Fallout where you open the door and there's a shotgun. Yeah. They're a tripwire and there's the shotgun there ready to hit you. Actually, yeah, in Saw, similar thing. You had the shotguns up in the ceiling. Uh-huh. And then the tripwire, as soon as the guy went through the tripwire, shotgun shot. Was that how... Same was, idea, but with... That was Danny bows. Glover that got killed that way, wasn't it? No, no, it was his partner that got killed that way. <clears throat> oh, okay. The first one. Yeah, the Asian guy, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the original song forever, but... Yeah, it's, it's pretty gruesome. But yeah, that's the same idea, obviously, yeah, except with bows. A bit less... Uh, a bit, if anything, should they be a bit more um, reliable, I'd say, than leaving an old shotgun sitting out in the... Yeah, as long as a rubber band the, the jungle. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. And if you use the crossbow, I mean, as long as nobody else came across uh, the bow. That's true. All right, number eight. Dan, you see a makeshift path going through the jungle. Just some of the grass and foliage have been stomped down through the trees. So you take a small group with you as you follow this new path. You walk through the trees for a few minutes, and then you hear a snap, the sound of a triggered tripwire. But before you know what hits you, a massive weight falls on you and maybe some of your com comrades, spikes piercing your flesh. You've just been hit by the tiger trap. You know, Rhythm stick. <laughs> so a lot of people think tiger trap's probably more of a pit. This was actually the opposite. So a tiger trap Fill was a large, <laughs> yeah, it was large board or several boards attached to one another with spikes attached, pointed downwards. Then bricks and heavy stones were placed on the, on the back of it, and the whole apparatus is lifted high into the trees, and a tripwire is set. And once the tripwire is stepped on, the whole thing falls straight down into the poor soul or soul standing under it, usually killing them. I think Arnie did one of those in Predator. I think. I'm trying to remember. He did something similar in Predator. Like, there's a couple of variations that I know because like, I googled some of the stuff obviously when I copped on so I could see if it was about stuff for media and stuff like that. And there's yeah. one of them that nearly looks like a big, nearly like a, a sack but tree trunky type thing. Uh -huh. and a spike sticking out, which is what this is. You know, Pretty so much, yeah. A, um, variation of it. And I think he did, I think he did one. And I don't know, I'd have to Google the traps I just, he did. But he did an awful lot of similar traps to the vehicle. I just heard a story um, from Predator. I was telling my wife yesterday um so jesse the body ventura who is also in predator with arnold schwarzenegger he um he apparently goes to a wardrobe and wardrobe tells him that his arms his biceps 
are an inch bigger around than Arnold Schwarzenegger's. So Jesse mm-hmm. Ventura, he's, he's all he's boasting about it. He's like, oh, my arms are bigger than Mr. Olympia's. You know, he's he's you know he's telling everybody except Arnold. And um, Arnold comes on the, the what they were interviewing him, and he goes, "They told him that because I told them to tell him that. I told them to tell him that his his bicep was an inch bigger than it was, and mine was smaller than it was." So Jesse finally goes up to Arnold. He goes, "Hey, oh, they they go to the gym." And uh, Jesse goes, hey, why don't we uh, measure our biceps? And Arnold goes, you know what? We should. And we should put a bottle of champagne on the line for whoever has the smallest. <laughs> <laughs> and they measure him. And Arnold's biceps were three inches bigger than Jesse Ventura's. <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> I mean, he's fucking Mr. Olympia, for fuck's sake. Come on. But uh, Jesse Ventura is so full of himself that, you know. Yeah, I think I actually saw that on like it was like the special edition features or something on one of the you know, Predator, yeah. like behind the scenes. It's also a really funny scene of that when you know the bit when um Arnie is getting away from the Predator and he goes sliding down through all the bushes and yeah. goes flying out into the water. So when they're filming that, the bit that he's sliding down when it shows him like in his face, there's a scene where it's like right in his face that's following him and he's just sliding. And uh, he's actually only going down the thing that's about six feet long and they just kind of keep reshooting it like you know sure. and he's literally just yeah. going bloop bloop but he comes out like you know Mr. Big Gigantic Tough Guy you know and he's here smoking his Romeo and Juliet cigars that are like the same size as my car exhaust you know and <laughs> go around and he goes sliding down this thing and he's like rah, rah. next thing he jumps like ah oh, fuck 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 and he's like he goes I hit the one with the fucking thorns in it and he has a thorn sticking out oh. where obviously there was barbed and he has this big thorn sticking out and he's cutting his hands so just thought it was awfully funny, like you know, I mean, him going on like the whole big tough guy thing and blah blah blah. And he, and he just like all the rest of us human beings, he hits his hand off a little thorn and he's like, like <laughs> giving out about it. Yeah, <laughs> poor Arnie. <laughs> oh, fuck. all right, number Man seven. Up, Arnie. Oh, there's yeah. my camera. <laughs> I thought it was over there. Man up, Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> number seven. Uh, again, you're walking down a path into a town. You've learned to look for foot-sized holes. You know, you've learned your lesson. So you keep your eyes out. Then you hear what sounds like a gunshot, and one of your troops screams as the front of his foot has been blown away. You just came across a cartridge trap, also known as a toe popper. So, yeah, filthy. Cartridge traps were commonly used because the four components needed to assemble the booby trap were easily ob- easily obtainable. Um, small bamboo tube, a nail, a piece of wood, and any caliber small arms ammunition. That's all you needed. So the bamboo tube would be positioned upright on a uh, wooden foundation, and a nail would be placed through the bottom. Then uh, the ammo cartridge was wedged into the bamboo tube so that the primer of the round just barely touched the tip of the nail. Small contraption was then buried along a foot trail with the round facing up, so it would shoot directly into the bottom of someone's foot. And when a soldier stepped on the trap, the pressure forced the primer to strike the nail, firing the round. You use a small caliber, real small caliber uh, bullet, it's going to put a hole in your foot. Use a okay. shotgun shell, you can kiss the front of your foot goodbye. Or whatever part say, of your leg that your foot hits goodbye. Yeah. You see, the Vietnamese, you know, they, like you say, assault rifle wise, use 7.62s because they had the AKs and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and variants of it. If a small arms for them, what they use, what, 38s? I think it was, if I remember correctly. The Probably, I wouldn't think they'd go as small as a 22. Yeah, yeah. But, so, I'd say, yeah. Um, like that. 
yeah, that that do like it'd be. I'd rather not get the seven six two. Thanks very much. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> and then you take your your front of your foot and possibly your kneecap as it's passing by. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, and if you step on yeah, it with the, like your it, heel, it can blow off the entire low. bottom yeah, of your leg. So I mean, yeah, it all depends like, yeah. on what they have and where you step on it. I thought that. Yeah. yeah. Number six. So Dan, let's say you just took over an enemy cap, a camp, and you chase Charlie off into the jungle, leaving them and all their supplies behind. Uh, you order your men to lower the Viet Cong's flag and to search the camp for gear. Then all shit breaks loose when objects that the troops are searching through just start exploding. <laughs> Nothing is safe with the treasures of war or the flag bomb. So it's widely known. That at the time, American soldiers loved to take trophies and flags from enemy bases. Now, one of the first things you would do at a brigade is to lower the Viet Cong flag and hold it up for pictures and raise the American flag or whatever other fucking flag you want to raise. So just before they would be ran out, ran out of camp, <laughs> the Viet Cong started rigging the flags and anything else worth any type of value with grenades or small homemade bombs. Flags lowered or the valuables picked up, traps set off, Bomber grenade would blow, killing anyone in the area. So you think you get this big victory, and all of a sudden, people just start dying all all around you. Yeah, I can imagine the Vietnamese after high town and out of there running, and next thing you just hear it, <laughs> idiots, just just <laughs> in the running. woods laughing, yeah. well, in the jungle. And then they stroll back in and retake their camp. Pretty much, place their bombs back in. <laughs> Pretty much. So you don't yeah. always need a trophy every time you go somewhere. Just keep that in mind. Number five. Oh, we're halfway. Th- well, two-thirds of the way through. Um, this would be about the time where a TV show would be like, let's recap. Where have we been? We're not going to do that. So. <laughs> Previously on torture. <laughs> so for the soldiers in the forest of Vietnam, it may have seemed as though the Viet Cong literally came out of nowhere, attacked, and then disappeared into thin air. And they're actually pretty close. But instead of thin air, they actually disappeared into the ground. So, and this is something my wife and I had a pretty good chuckle about last night um, when it comes to pronunciation. So, in the area of Saigon, or Ho Chi Minh City, um, there were miles of tunnels dug underneath the cities, and underneath the district. And, And some people say that they went countrywide. I don't know if that's true or not. But that's where the Viet Cong would go to kind of get away from everything during the day. They would hide out during there during air raids, um, you know, sneak out at night. They'd take entire families, entire regiments down there to live. Mm, yeah. But the part, the part that was funny to me was uh, technically it is pronounced Gucci district, the Gucci district of Saigon, oh. <laughs> but it's okay. not spelled that way. Um, okay. It's spelled C-U-C-H-I. Oh, so so I was telling my wife that the Viet <laughs> yeah. Cong would go hide in the dark, dank tunnels of the Coochie. Coochie. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's like, yeah. I was wondering, I, I didn't even take it that when I was, like, what the Oaks are going to bring up is the, the, the tour of the Coochie tunnels. I didn't even take it that. Like, I didn't even register <laughs> with me at first. And now I'm thinking about, like, 
my god like that is just i read it and i went yeah. coochie is like oh fuck how am i gonna say that without us laughing like five-year-olds and then i realized we can't we're not, I'm not gonna be able to say it without us laughing like five. so we might as well just do it and then my wife's like is that are you sure that's how it's pronounced I'm like i'm pretty sure i looked up you know pronunciation that's how it was spelled so she looked up and, yeah. she, and she's like oh it's it's gucci there i saved you from having to laugh like children I was like no 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 we're i'm still gonna tell we're Dan, gonna do it anyway. Gucci. we're still gonna laugh but now we yeah. have the proper pronunciation well uh, it's gonna forever be known as the the coochie the dark tank what tunnels they smell like <laughs> yeah my wife just a few ideas a few like a few ideas of what they smell like <laughs> my wife just screamed from the other room your children <laughs> yeah um, well guess what star wars is better oh he says eight. guess what star wars is better than harry potter space wizards <laughs> she screamed fuck off <laughs> all right fucking hell so um these tu- again these tunnels would be used as hiding spots, uh, communication supply routes, hospitals, food, weapon caches, living quarters. And they were honestly just horrible places to be. They, they flooded all the time. They are filled with animals and insects. It, it wasn't good down there, but it was better than being bombed, I suppose. But eventually, um, the Americans, or whatever troops, realized that after being attacked, the Viet Cong would sneak down into these tunnels. So they started forcing, we're well not forcing, but recruiting these what are called tunnel rats, which are like the smaller of the uh, the troops, give them a flashlight and a gun, have them go into the entrance of the tunnel and search out for anybody who might be down there, or map it out or whatever, killing anybody that they needed to. Well, these tunnels could, at places, be very small, like on your hands and knees small. Sometimes you... Uh, you would come across some bamboo braces holding up the ceiling of the tunnel. Well, sometimes they were holding up a little bit more because when the soldier would go around or simply move the bamboo, what would fall wouldn't be the ceiling, but our number five in the countdown, snakes. Nice. Specifically, in this instance, the bamboo pit viper, if they were lucky, or the many abandoned crot, if they weren't. So, the many what? Crat or create. K R A I T. Could be crate. Oh. Is that that black and red, yellow? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. It is literally. So there's, so there's a black and yellow and there's a black and white one. It is it the many banded crate is. is literally the most venomous snake in of all, in all of Vietnam. And one that of the most venomous snakes in the world. Where the bamboo pit viper is venomous and can do damage if bitten in the wrong place, the Manny banded crate was extremely venomous and aggressive. It was sometimes called the two-step snake or two-step Charlie because after a bite, you can only take two steps before you drop dead. This, of course, a myth, but it struck fear into almost all soldiers. You'd be down in the tunnel, all of a sudden, boom, one of these fuckers lands in front of you. It attacks... You got nowhere to go. You know, you can kill the snake, but what's done is done. Mm. But this but the tunnels weren't the only places you would find snakes. Large pits would be dug filled with a variety of venomous snakes. You fall in, bit several times, and die a painful death, Ragnar style. Uh 
Viet Cong would also walk around with bamboo pit vipers in their bags. When Americans would come after them, they would simply set their bags down and run off. Americans being Americans, they would open the bag to see what they had in there, and boom, you get bit. Snakes, yeah. But maybe the sneakiest way they used snakes was to simply tie them to trees around face or chest height and leave them with no food. So when a soldier eventually walks by the regularly aggressive reptile, now irritated and starving, the snake would simply reach out and bite you as you walked by. Just for the crack. Just like, just for, for it. For the hell. Just for it. Yeah. You'd never fucking see it coming. You wouldn't even snakes. be looking out for it. Just boom, right in the face or in the chest. Literally the two worst places you can get bit. The face or the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it, it might only take a few Blood steps. Yeah. 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 With as with as horrible I don't know if you ever watched uh the videos what happens when you put snake venom like, like especially into blood. Yeah, on blood. How it just turns yeah. into a fucking jelly. jelly you know, jiggly ball. Yeah. That is in your mind. Yeah, I've saw it before where a guy did it, he put Pulled some of his blood into like it was like a martini glass type thing, and then got a viper, and they're milking it, and he put it in. Yeah, and he sat there with it for a couple of seconds, and basically turned it out, and it kept the shape of the martini glass. Yeah, it only takes like, like a imagine that in your too. veins, and I was like, that is, that is horrifying. Like, <laughs> <No>. Horrifying. It's up there <laughs> with the centipede. Horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number four. Let's take a second to talk about one of the most readily available resources in Vietnam, bamboo. So, oh yeah, it's very dense fibers, and each bamboo cane give the plant extreme flexibility, allowing it to bend without snapping. Now, the Viet Cong took advantage of this well-known fact in creating the bamboo whip. So, pretty much, it was just a bamboo pole that was attached to a tripwire and pulled back with as much tension as they could muster. Uh, the pole sometimes had spikes at the end, sometimes not. Um, obviously, spikes be covered in shit or piss or whatever. Um, but the whip, the, the the pole would be pulled back as far as they could literally pull it back. Because you're, you're not going to break bamboo by bending it back, especially if you, like, soak it for a little bit first. So they pull it back, uh, usually about chest height, and... Put a tripwire on it. And once the tripwire was triggered, whoever tripped it would be impaled by the spikes on the pole as it whipped forward. According to reports, the pole and its spikes could travel up to 100 miles an hour. Nice. Even without the Imagine spikes. Imagine a poop flying at you. <laughs> <laughs> Even without the spikes. you got to think that thing hits you in the chest. Oh, that's it. Like, yeah, it's done. That's... That's gonna yeah, that, that's yeah. stop your that's fucking internal heart. bleeding. Jesus Christ! Internal bleeding right there. You've like broken everything in all of your internal organs. If you're a little basically. shorter, it's like getting hit by a car. Yeah, you're a little shorter, like, it hits you in the throat. I mean, yeah. Or it'd be like that bit in Die Hard Three when they go down on the onto the boat and they swing down on the cable thing and it whips and hits the guy. Yeah, it cuts him. In you half. know, as much tenor splits him in half. Yeah. Like you know, that do as much of the close as possible with a blunt object. Yeah, it's you know, like, it's not fun to think about. Yeah, like you ever hit yourself in the tongue with a hammer? Yeah, you oh, have. Yeah. If you haven't, go out and experience it, kids. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing, right? But like that times a thousand, right in the ribs. We have two. Uh, we have two homework assignments for all the listeners. First, go out, step on a rake, and then hit your thumb with a hammer. <laughs> Both at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Sideshow. Do not hold us responsible for your mishaps. and video it and tag us in the TikTok. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, number three. Okay, here we are at number at the uh, top three. So number three, I, I kind of threw in there because just how devastating it can be, and as simple, uh, the simplicity of it. Again, the simplest things are usually the best. And this is just so simple. Grenade in a can. It's just a grenade in a oh, can. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it, um, <laughs> and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's grenade. Uh, take the pin out. Put it in a can that it fits tightly into. Yeah, it doesn't release the yeah. spring mechanism yeah. then. Yeah. And then you set a tripwire to it. Uh, when somebody hits it, grenades pulled out of the can, or the can's pulled yeah, off yeah. the grenade, Put and grenade. boom, blows. Uh, you could I also expect to already a uh, extra shrapnel as a result of it. Yeah. As well. That'd be like. Ugh. So you could also uh, do this with two can. You could you so it can be constructed with a single can and a stake. Or with two cans, and if they um, two were used, they would mount them on trees on either side of the path, and the trip wire running between them, you hit them, and then boom, you get it from both sides. Yeah, that's like, just for people's reference. Only an awful lot of people, I think, seem to think that grenades act like they do in the movies, where it's like a big fiery explosion thing, and that's not what grenades do. Yeah, you know, like they literally just. Like Mythbusters do a really good thing to do with grenades, hand grenades, frag, frag grenades specifically. There's a reason to call it frag grenade people's fragmentation. Yep. It, the whole point is that it's shrapnel, loads of little pieces. That's why you have little bumps on the right. old school American is that they're little bits that come off, separate out like that. Um, I can't see my hand motions, but like um, in an outward All of our Patreon, uh, the people who subscribe to our Patreon can see your movements, Dan. Yeah. It's like the mind-blown thing you know <laughs> yeah, um Tim and, and uh yeah and it's basically loads of little pieces of stuff hitting you like shotgun blasts yeah style. it's not a yeah, big fire it's not, explosion. yeah so that coming yeah. out of a can on the side beside you like from a distance will be maiming and devastating not necessarily just completely killing like but the explosion side obviously is pretty bad if you had a grenade sitting in your pocket and it blew up like I mean you're gonna blow yourself to pieces. Yeah, but there's a there's it's, definitely it's not the big fire. There's an explosion force basically. behind it. You're not blowing up, you know, an entire building with one grenade like you see in you know movies and shit. But yeah, you know, you look at a grenade, you see all the ridges on there. Obviously, those two purposes one to give you a little bit of better grip when you're throwing it, and that is where it breaks apart fragments because if you don't have those, there's a good chance it's just gonna break apart in a couple pieces and not do its job. So but, pineapple. Is that what they referred to some of them as before? Pineapple grenades? I have no idea. I wouldn't doubt it, but I, so. I have no idea. All right, number two. We're getting there. The mace. Now, think of a bamboo whip and a tiger trap had a baby. Now, this, uh, by far, one of the most famous traps and one of the most deadly and often used. Uh, it could be anything from a coconut to a clay or a metal ball. To an entire log, put an entire log up there. What you know, whatever you can get your hands on. Uh, but whatever it was, usually had long spikes to be attached, sometimes laced with shit or poison. You know, and the whole thing would be hoisted into the trees. And snakes. And snakes that so, were covered in shit and poison <laughs> and grenades. I wonder if they covered the snakes and, and shit. <laughs> just, just the... that wouldn't surprise me. Like they literally left the snakes living in a bag of shit. That's probably what it was. <laughs> so, uh, whatever it was it had spikes attached. Yeah. It would be hoisted up to the trees and attached to a tripwire in the pathway, just like Tiger Trap. But unlike the Tiger Trap, the mace was attached to a rope or a vine. So instead of just simply falling onto someone, 
it would swing from high up at a great velocity, velocity. And depending on the size of the mace itself, it could bury itself into one or many soldiers after they hit the tripwire. So if it's a log, you're thinking it's a big old log coming down, going to take out a bunch of people. If it's just a coconut or a, a ball of hardened clay with bamboo spikes sticking out of it, it's going to hit one, maybe two people. But it's going to yeah. come down and it's going to hit you and it's going to hurt and or kill you, depending on where it hits. And these were used all the time. This is one of the one of the booby traps that you had to look out for the most because they were fucking everywhere. I've seen pictures. It's not fun, kids. If you imagine a sea mine, everybody knows that. Most people will know what a sea mine looks like. With the big balls with the yeah. thing sticking yeah, out. Yeah, so, like so what, I mean, what if you, you know what they yeah. look like, then you know what this looks like. Basically. Under, under the oak. It's going to be swinging if, down from a tree. Think of uh, uh, Finding Nemo. The mines in Finding Nemo, where they got to swim around those with the sharks. Except hanging from a tree. Uh, it's pretty pretty messed up yeah. looking thing like I, I yeah it's one of those ones right again you look at and you <sighs> well if they had if they had plenty of time they would actually build them out of pieces of metal and put metal spikes on them instead of you know clay or coconut or something like that but anything they had laying around that could hold spikes that could hoist in the air and would have some velocity when it came down uh, they'd use them all right so before we get to our number one let's do an honorable mention a door trap now a board with spikes pointing out, possibly covered in something, obviously, would be placed above a door when a soldier opens the door and the board would swing down, either because of a trip wire or because the wire was attached to the door itself. And it would impale whomever stood in the doorway. Now, the only reason I didn't put this one on the actual list, gave it an honorable mention, is because once you've seen or heard of how one of these works, you know how to avoid them. You don't just open a door and walk through. You open a door from the side and wait for whatever happened to happen. You know? yeah. So... Fair uh, out of everything, fairly easy to avoid if you just don't walk through the door, you know, right away. Yeah, it's a, they're they're pretty horrific. Somebody was it was it you who sent me on a photo before of the trap and the staircase? Somebody sent me on a thing to do a trap and the staircase where it was in an old house, right? Where there these people went into an old abandoned house, and they were gonna go up the stairs. And there's a photo of them standing off to the side, and you can see clear as day up on the staircase is a big wooden beam kind of going across with a big nasty knife oh on shit the end of it. and you could see where obviously if somebody was going to walk up that stairs then they'd hit it and this thing would come down and hit them right alright well let's get to number one real quick Poonji sticks of course Poonji sticks oh, yeah. also known as Poonji stakes were extremely common booby trap deployed by the Viet Cong uh, the sharpened bamboo or wooden stakes were often coated in, uh, you know, again, feces, urine, poison, poisonous substance from animals or plants, with the goal of causing an infection to the victim. They were so versatile that they could be used in almost any trap or simply set in the ground on the trail and just hope that a soldier falls into one. But the most popular and famous ways they were used were in Poonji pits. The Poonji sticks would be placed pointing upright at the bottom of a large hole before being covered with material that would camouflage them. When a U.S. soldier broke through the flimsy covering over the hole, they would land on the spikes at the bottom and suffer injuries to their body. Sometimes, the covering wouldn't be just flimsy, but a large piece of wood, just slightly smaller than the pit opening, attached to a bamboo pole in the center, kind of like an axle. And it would be covered in grass, so it would actually be attached to the wood, not just laid on top. 
So once someone steps on it, the top gives way. Then the top would rotate all the way around and recover the pit so it could be used again and again. Pretty ingenious. And when they are in times mm-hmm. of uh, they are in times of ceasefire, they'd actually take more bamboo, put under the sides. So when you'd step on them, you wouldn't go. You know, somebody wouldn't go through when they weren't in the middle of fighting. But that's our top uh, 15 uh, Vietnamese booby traps. Let us know if there's any we missed that you would like for us to talk about. Or just put us on blast for not uh, mentioning one that you really wanted us to that we didn't. Um, You know, whatever. Uh, Dan, you got I any? Uh, we, I don't think we mentioned enough of the uh, the fecal matter that does be on these things. You know, <laughs> there was shit everywhere. Just yeah. just Vietnam was covered in shit the whole time. So just remember that. Uh, yeah. Dan, you got pop culture for us? Yeah. Well, the the traps themselves aren't um, in as many movies. I don't think as they kind of should have been. If you you know, if you had had like I say. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan, the Vietnam War, I think it would kind of be a bit more. But like notable films to do the Vietnam War that are yeah. pretty good to watch are things like We Were Soldiers, which is really good. Okay. Um, Hamburger Hill. Uh, I was going to say Born the Fourth of July, but it has Tom Cruise in it. Um, Good Morning Vietnam being one of the best. That has nothing to do with any thing to do with bloodshed, really, or anything like that. It's Robin Williams' film, well worth the watch. We already yeah. covered Full Metal Jacket. Um, and let me see, Deer Hunter, Apocalypse Now being one of the most famous, and Platoon mm-hmm. is great, also. But like that's yeah. kind of some of the more kind of famous movies. But but there is a thing you can watch as well, which was I think this is the one I watched before. I need to rewatch it and double check. But either way, it's this guy um who does uh these kind of tour things, whatever. And it's this guy Andy's Awesome Adventures on YouTube. Um, he right. did a tour of the of the of the Gucci tunnels, um. But he also goes through stuff where he's showing off the traps that are in the area and stuff like that, which is pretty interesting. You know, so they have a whole, they have a bit of a tourist. Um, now now it's a tourist trap. See what I did there? Oh People. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So in in Ho Chi Minh. Now you can do these tourist things where they right. show you the traps and the tunnels and yeah, you can go walk through the, the all this. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, if you want to trick trip down the Coochie Train, you can go on down there, have a look. Um, there you go. Yeah, obviously, you know you can uh, go googling these things as well, but. Yeah, the punji sticks is one of those ones that keeps coming up. Yeah, um, it was it was pretty much the number one on every single list that I look at. Um, so I figured, yeah, and they're used in. Yeah, I mean, the punji pits specifically, um, but they were used in so many different traps and so many different uh, varieties. The punji sticks were what they used in the. Uh, my light just went out. Uh, the punji sticks are what they used in the in the in the bridge trap. Um, in you know any any of the tra- you know all the spikes with the stuff falling down like the tiger trap, the the mace. Those are usually all punji sticks that are getting put in. Yeah. So it just it made sense. Like I, said, I had landmines for number one, but the more I looked into it, I was like, nah, let's go a little more of the homemade um, variety, actual booby traps. You know, not just you know. 
Of course, anybody who's, got, who's stepped on a landmine or an IED would probably say, well, those are actual booby traps, but I get it. Yeah. Like, the grenade in a can, I think, is probably one of the funnier names in the sense that, like, it, it, there's, just, there's a big thing to do with canned food back in the day. Like, big push, like, burger in a can, chicken in a can, potatoes in a can. You know, it's everything in a can. Yeah. And now you have grenade in a can. You know. Um, and it, it yeah, was well, pineapple grenade. Just turn out there. Pineapple grenades are pineapple one grenade. of the nicknames for the, the, the Mark II. Okay. Mark II grenade or something. You know them when you look at them. It looks like all the segments from a pine. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I didn't know they were called pineapple grenades, but I know. Yeah, it was a nickname them. for them or some shit. But um, yeah, should all everybody should watch uh, watch this this glorious film up to the point where they actually go to Vietnam and then stop watching it because you know that's actually one thing I was going to touch on was it technically a form of torture that they did there was something that's covered in the movie is the whole thing of um they would shoot somebody and leave them lying there bleeding out to try and get their buddies to come out and help them. Yeah. And they'd injure them so that they couldn't move and couldn't get out there on their own, but somebody would have to come out and then they'd shoot them. But people knew that that was what they were doing. So that in itself is a form of nearly a mental torture where you're leaving your sitting there having to listen to your friend and her right. comrades screaming in pain agony and dying slowly being shot in places that isn't going to kill them mm-hmm. but but in, in cause a them. lot yeah. of pain yeah i also saw yeah. um with uh I, I tried looking it up and i couldn't really find a whole lot about it but with them leaving babies with bombs strapped to them uh in the middle of the roads so you know a troop would run up grab the baby dogs. try to take care of the baby dogs you know any anything that uh somebody might run up and try to help and then all of a sudden boom you know you're gone yeah um but i guess that depends on how absolutely ruthless that the enemy wants to be because we always you know you're americans would look at the foreign and go oh the the savages will do anything but i mean would they go as far as strapping their own babies to bombs just to kill an american troop chances are there was a doll or something yeah you know, or something made to look like there was like a baby there right. or something like that. Like you know, we've seen it before in movies and stuff where there's like a teddy bear with, yeah. the, you know, um, stuff like that. So yeah, I I doubt that they would have actually done it with a baby. Right. Yeah, that's that's a bit but far. It's a bit much. You know, again, they would have used cats and dogs before they used babies. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of anything. that's probably just war propaganda to bolster you know approval for the war like, oh look how horribly these communist savages are they're killing their own babies so we have to yeah. go take over their country but in, in reality it probably wasn't the case yeah. um well want to say uh thank you to our patrons and inquisitor willow quinn fowler and executioner Jagamundi. and uh, our newest patron our very first torture noob MX Sinister 26. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, they have already signed on to our exclusive disc- Discord, which once you join, you are on forever. So, you know, there's that. Um, yeah. Please go follow us on our Instagram and all the other social medias. TorturePod at TorturePod. Email us, torturepodgmail.com. If there's anything you would like for us to cover or have any comments or questions, um, uh, comments is what chris hardwick used to call them questions comments 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 um if you have any fan art that'd be great uh rate review apple follow or subscribe wherever you know you listen 
head over to our YouTube page. We're doing little snippets or excerpts from the show where you can actually, you know, see us. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the show, you can either do it on a link tree, which you can find on all our socials. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash torture pod, or you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash torture pod and uh, subscribe. Got a bunch of goodies in there for you. Um, exclusive stuff that other people can't get. You can get our merch at redbubble.com slash people slash torture pod. Hint for our next episode. There is no age restriction on being a psychopath. Okay. Cool. Dan, you got any words of wisdom? Mm. Something I heard before and I thought was actually quite funny um, was never try and put anything into your ear that is larger than your elbow. Smaller than your elbow. Nope. Larger than your elbow. Specifically. Okay. Doctor's orders. Now, and then he also said, now okay. try and put your elbow into your ear. Trying to put your elbow Which in. everybody your... tries to do. And he's like, that's the point. The whole point is you don't put jack into your elbow, you into your ear. Don't put anything in your <laughs> ear. Ever. Because you can't see. So you shouldn't be putting well, there's anything. There's a lot of little things in, a lot your... of little things in your ear that you could do a lot of damage to if you put something in your exactly, ear. Exactly, so. yeah. So don't put anything he says specifically larger than your elbow for some reason. <laughs> it should be your smaller. But okay. I don't know. <laughs> He's th- this is exactly what the what a, what a doctor said to me before, which I thought was really funny. Um, anything larger? No water. No watermelons. No. Uh, nope. No BMWs. Nothing larger no, than no. an elbow. Yeah, I was going to say no coupes. Yeah. <laughs> he said that as he pulled a Fender Stratocaster out of my ear. You see, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, was oh, that 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 makes sense. Ah, shit. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Kevin fell. <laughs> no, no, my phone fell over because <laughs> I have to do it on. For some reason, I have no internet on my computer now. I don't know. Um, but the Wi-Fi is working fine on my phone. Good. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. All right. Well, uh, that's all we got. Uh, I know it was a little different than what you normally get, but hopefully you all enjoyed it. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another, and we'll see you. Bye-bye.